Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck, and I'm telling you, you can die out there on the California, Southern California roadways these last two weeks. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I bet. I'm glad I don't have far to go. Nuts! I just for those at home, we're we get texts. We text each other in the morning. Hey, can you do a podcast? I'm 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 giving a text sound like Mike Mart's voice. Hey, can we podcast tonight (laughs) in the morning? (laughs) Today was the the earliest ever. (laughs) He well, no, he texted me. I don't know what time noon. Like my days are crazy, but but I had a. 3.30 3.30 meeting in Beverly Hills. It was going till 6. And I expected to get home at like 8, 7.38. Got home at 7. Nobody out on the roads. Chuck, they're scared of the rain, brother. Wow. Good, for, good for you. That's so great. I got home That's in excellent. an hour and four minutes, which usually takes me like two hours. You take the 210? No, I take the 10. I take sunset to the, to the 101. Suffer. Here's the thing about freeways, and we're going to sound like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yep. I know the Californians that there are certain <laughs> routes that you have to suffer in the beginning because they benefit you later. But there's also routes that benefit you early that fuck you later. So I've got two <laughs> roads, two roads I can go. I can go the 10, but getting to the 10 from West Hollywood is the Be- Beverly Hills is a nightmare. But and the 101 to down to the 10 is a nightmare. But then 10 boom diamond lane or carpool, whatever it is, with a little box in your car, 605 boom. Chuck, up. do you know how long Bob has been like this? Like since the early days I've met Bob, I've always in his been truck, like, he's I've always, always been, been like the best route guy, right? Like don't go by <laughs> Western and Hollywood. He'll go these back streets and go every which way to get around. Alleys. Yeah, you just gotta go. He knows the alleys. He knows what small streets to take and everything to get around that Hollywood traffic. I know what red lights you can go through to hit all green lights on the road. that's that's a strange talent (laughs) yeah yeah, it's it's been something i've been obsessed with well anyway so or i can go the 210 which is great when you're coming out of you know the la zoo and it goes good and then you're just fucked once you get to past pasadena you're just fucked for like an hour and a half but anyways i made (laughs) it right home because everybody's scared of the snow or the ice or the rain like I lived yeah. in Richmond, Virginia, dude, it's fucking rains 200 years out of the year, 200 days out of the year. And it's, <laughs> That's icy. A lot of- it's icy, like 50 days, like ice on the road. You got to just drive, whatever. It's icy. I know. Can you imagine the guys in Wisconsin must be going, geez, 50 Jesus degrees. Christ. That's what are these nice. LA what people talking, talking about? about? Storm watch two, 2023. Oh snow fell on your head. Oh. Yeah. We got 10 inches of rain over whatever it was, four-day period of time. They get 10 inches of rain in Wisconsin in an afternoon. They don't even give a fuck. They don't even notice. They don't <laughs> no, even they, use umbrellas. They, they just they're built it. for it. They're built for it is all. You know, well, their places are ready for it. It's funny when L.A. people try to act East Coast. So I met Mark Hates, my friend and partner in this thing. And he's got a big East Coast jacket on with the with the thing on and fur around the face, you know? And I'm like, Mark, where are we going? Alaska? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's only, it's raining in LA. What is wrong with people? Yeah. But the mountains look great. Don't they? Well, we went up there yesterday. It was so great. But then I just ate a bunch of snow and we thought it was cute. And Chrissy said, I used to eat snow when I was a kid. And I said, "I, I don't think it's good. I think, I think it's, I think there's something about it that's not good. He's had diarrhea for like 24 hours. Oh, no. <laughs> poor, poor, poor little guy. Yeah, because <laughs> there's, like, there's like living organisms in the snow. You're not supposed to eat it. Right. Well, little kids also air pollution. So. Also, uh, Chuck, you know uh, when it's a nice powdery two feet of snow and it looks so beautiful and you think, oh, I could slide down this. 
right? <laughs> so so no. Elvis went, Elvis went, and we didn't have sleds. We just used towels. Towels worked. <laughs> so I, Elvis goes, he does it magnificently, stands right up. Sid goes a little slow, a little slow, but then she goes. So then I get Idris. I said, Chris, Chrissy, give me Idris. I get him on my lap. I get a towel down. I'm going down the same, but I don't want to go down their ruts because they've now flattened the two feet of powdery snow. So I moved just, just about six inches to the right of Sydney's track. There was a rock mm -hmm. about halfway down that went <laughs> up my butthole. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I felt I felt taken advantage of by this mountain. <laughs> Did you pay it? <laughs> it is still hurting. And like that's a joke around here. How's your butt, Daddy? Like uh, I I just I it knocked the wind out of me and I thought I was like gonna I don't know. Have you ever had it right on that? Like a rock sticking out about four inches, you're going about 20 miles an hour downhill. <laughs> you can break your tailbone like that. Oh yeah, it was not good. That's your coccyx. That's your my what? My what? Coccyx. My coccyx? Yes. No, it was way far. It was way far away from my coccyx. It was around back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, your tailbone, your coccyx. Uh, your oh <laughs> no! It was like I was sitting flat because I had a kid on my lap. I wasn't leaning back enough, or you mm -hmm. know, it just like. As I sit here right now, it's a miracle I'm on this podcast. Hey, you're lucky you didn't snag your balls or something. You know? I know. Missed it by one inch that way. And one <laughs> missed inch it by that way. much. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have been more perfect. And then I just went, ow, and I rolled over and I let I just kind of just fall down the mountain. I was like, what oh. the fuck? <laughs> I was like, who put this rock here in the beautiful snow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mountain, Chuck, the mountain. See, well, underneath see, the snow is the mountain. Oh, okay. I see. Now, I see, discovered that, that. that. The sleds help with that. Yeah, that yeah, might have hurt anyways, but wowie kazowie. <laughs> I, mean, uh, why does daddy's butt hurt? <laughs> and I'm so I'm so strange. And I think a lot of the people on this podcast who listen to this are starting to realize. So I had a bunch of teeth problems, you know, years ago. Everybody heard about me being at Disneyland. This guy, great Jeff Flores, the greatest dentist in the world, says, hey, you helped so many people. Can I help you with your teeth? And, and you know, it was very very brave thing for him to say because you're saying like your teeth are so fucked up you need help yeah yeah <laughs> right well, it's ranch, a, rancho dental studios yeah he's the best he's the greatest an angel and so he he did all uh implants in my mouth and uh so so before i met jeff at disneyland in toontown um, I used to get abscesses and whatever, and I have this tube of this stuff that you um put up in your gum and it numbs the pain, right? I put a little of that. I put a little of that. Uh, you put it on your right? butt. No, <laughs> just to numb the pain. It's Holy so shit. bad. Wait, is it's that so like bad. prescription or is it just like Oragel? It's just like Oragel, but it's like this. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to use this thing for your tooth for your butt, Bob. <laughs> I, I, I figure if it's good enough for your mouth, it's good enough for your butt, don't you think? Then, I mean, that I was my reason. I think that's the rule of thumb. And vice versa. If it's good enough for your butt, it's good enough for your mouth. Oh, jeez. Anyways, oh, it's just like, but then when I found out, when I lay down, I'm not pushing any pressure on that area. So I don't know if the gum stuff helped or just laying down, but it's been a heck of a 12 hours of painful. I did bring one of those uh, pillows that, uh, you oh, know, no. pillows. I bought a, donut? a pillow, <laughs> yeah, donut on my way to work, but I didn't really. I just put it on one bun and kind of sat sideways. But man, oh man. And by the way, it was so cold, I didn't really notice how much pain that had caused me up in the snow. Didn't didn't happen until I got back down the hill and a couple hours later, and I was like, holy shit, I really hit that rock. Wow, that's oh almost a God. metaphor for using and sobering up. 
Right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's not until they're surfacing in sobriety that the shame, guilt, and remorse happens. And that was your shame, <laughs> guilt, and remorse in your I butt. Don't know I, I don't know if I have any shame. Do I have any shame left after this podcast pain. for five years? Pain. The pain. Okay, we'll the just pain. call it the pain. And the, the good pain. news is you didn't act out angrily. You just said that daddy's butt is really sore because things aren't meant to go in there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, but you just wonder about chance and circumstance. That's one of the things I love. Now, that could have been Elvis if he chose to like go two feet to the right. But why did he choose where he chose? Then Sid chose where she chose. And then I ended up where I chose. I could have gone to the far left of Elvis and I wouldn't have had this experience. But this is a life lesson at 62 years old. Is it odd or is and it And that odd? is to use that snow dish instead of a towel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. That's what the dish does. Well, we had them, and then there's never enough snow up there to need them. And then when the wind blows, they blow down in the gully. And finally, I just said, fuck it, and just threw them away. We had three of them. We had we had all, you know, when we first moved here, we thought, oh, we're going to go to Mount Baldy all the time, and it's going to snow all the time, and it's going to be so great. It's barely snowed. We've lived here six years, seven years. It's barely snowed. I mean, it snowed here at my house for an yeah. hour. It was crazy. It was that fun. Was, that was cool looking. It's really funny to see all the brightly colored things in your yard, like your umbrellas and stuff. <laughs> you don't usually see things that brightly colored where it's snowing. Again, snow when it's snowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, and then there's, you know, it's been really cold. I'm scared of what the gas bill is going to be like. Holy God in heaven. I mean, oh what God. was your gas bill, Chuck? Had to have been 500 bucks, 400 bucks. I think it was... Uh, it was really high. It was like triple what it normally was that last yeah. month. I think it was more around like three hundred. But we don't we don't yeah. run it much. We don't. Isn't it? Isn't it just so coincidental that the coldest winter we've had in twenty years since nineteen eighty nine just happens that there's a natural gas shortage? Is that a coinky dink? I think Bob, do you use do you use your fireplace? Yeah. Well, no, we have a electric heater in the fireplace that looks like fire. So that's electricity. <laughs> yeah. That's better than gas right now. Well, I yeah, certainly haven't been running my fireplace. Gas. Man, you might want to clear that thing out, man. Start using your fireplace. Right. You got plenty of firewood around there. <laughs> Nothing is falling down around here. I heard up in Laurel Canyon, people haven't had electricity for like two days. They didn't have electricity for two days. Yeah, Ashley and uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they haven't had electricity for 34 hours, they said. Really? That's, that's yeah. a long time. And that was a couple With of no, days. You know I, what that means? That. No heat. And it's like 38 degrees. That's crazy. So and anyways, all the, one. all the people in Wisconsin are yeah, just so do. disgusted with this conversation of Southern California people whining about, about, about fuel costs and cold and we're snow just, and water. You know, we're just not used to it. So it's different. <laughs> it is so different, is it? But, but I notice like the five freeway has an off ramp that goes to Elvis's mom's house and the, the thing had five feet of water in it, five feet. And mm -hmm. there was a car just in it. And you can see the roof of the car. Like, here's what you got to understand. <laughs> Rain and flooding and snow is so unlike Southern California that you could have never seen something like that. Like, well, the three of us are older. If we're driving and we see like two feet, three feet, oh my God, that water's pretty deep. But the guy who drove in there had never experienced something like that. He didn't know that his car could be submerged in water. Right. <laughs> and he just think like, and a it lot didn't of people look that like, deep <laughs> because that's a, it's the talk of the town around this. Like, Hey, did you see the car that's in the, in the Figueroa off ramp? And I was like, yeah, but you know, and they're kind of making fun of the guy who how stupid is that guy? Like, dude, he could be 20 years old. He's never seen rain like this in his whole life. Yeah. yeah that's true. It's been a while. It, it's yeah, it, it, never thought of that. I mean, and and it's just been fun. Now, did they find out was the guy drunk or was no? He the like... car is just there, and then everybody's talking about it. Because uh, actually, there's nobody coming out really helping people either. I noticed. I don't think we're <laughs> I don't think we're equipped for all the trouble that this has caused. No, we we had a leak. <laughs> we had a leak in our roof, and because our townhome's part of the association, Amy called them, 
And they, they called her back. They, they called her back today while she was leaving Sam's. And she said, can, can I talk? Can I call you back in a few minutes? And they said, the lady said, no, I'm calling 300 people today. No, we will not. And but then, you know, here, that's now let's, let's get to addiction. Cause I always, I always talk about when the fires happened, the Woolsey fires, we lost all of our buildings in Malibu. We had 54 clients. They all had to be evacuated like within hours of Malibu fires. Right. It's called the Woolsey fire for you yeah. that are not in the know. I remember it. So 54 addicts evacuated to, are you ready for this? While they're driving, we're trying to find Airbnb houses, find one in Riverside, one in Ventura. So people are getting out of the Malibu fire uh, kind of uh, path, but then they've got nowhere to go. And we're trying to lease uh, Airbnb houses and get everybody there. No one left, no one AMA'd, no one used. 54 no. clients in the wow. middle of a firestorm chaos. Two weeks later, dozens had left and gotten loaded, right? <laughs> after everything, after everything was calmed down, right? But yeah. while the chaos was happening, everybody was cool, right? Everybody pulled together, everybody, you know, stayed sober, stayed focused. As soon as it went back to normal, that's when all hell broke loose, right? Mm. I'm watching Sydney's Elvis's reaction and Sydney's reaction to the chaos these two storms have caused. Elvis is anxious, worried, uh, like, is it okay? You're going too fast on the freeway. Concerned. I, I would say realistic concern. Because I just, if the freeway's open, Chuck, I go 90 miles an hour. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I don't care that it may have a little bit of water on it. I've, Never been able to drive 90 miles an hour on the 210 freeway in my entire life living out here. <laughs> so, and Elvis, a little dad, you're going a little fast. And I'm like, Sydney loves the chaos. She loves when cars are submerged. She loves. <laughs> so what does that mean as an addictionologist, Chuck? What does that mean? Does that mean that Sydney is a thrill seeker and Elvis is probably okay? Like Elvis is probably a normal person and Sydney is probably going to be the problem. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think the people that have the, because you get the dopamine the, and the adrenaline from the, from the chaos. From the chaos. Right. And that's what most of us are in love with from the get, right? So, Sydney uh, is in love with the chaos of it. She, when it was snowing, she says, does this mean it's a snow day? Like, meaning, do I not have to go to school? And I was like, no, it's not enough snow to have a snow day. And she said, who makes that rule? <laughs> and you know i want to talk to him and fuck that rule because <laughs> there's snow on our front porch kids and back east don't have to go to school when it's snowing it's snowing here no fucking school i, I like her attitude <laughs> no, but she really does love seeing the cars submerged and the spin arounds on the freeway wow. and elvis is uh very he's realistic he's just like oh and then when sydney's excited by somebody else's misfortune like a car spun <laughs> around or in a water elvis is like how you feel happy that they're in trouble and she said no i just like it though <laughs> <laughs> oh good so it's not it's not evil tyrant joy it's just kind it's of just goofy. chaos it's goofy it's chaos, and it's chaos. love right. and joy so i think Chaos loving joy is addiction. I think we love chaos and we get great joy from it. Right? Oh, why else it, would you yeah. make your life a total chaotic nightmare unless you somehow got some little twinkle in your eye about it? I, and I look yeah. back on my life when somebody told me you're you're gonna lose everything if you don't stop taking drugs, you're gonna lose everything. You're going to be fucked. You're going to be homeless. You're going to be tore up from the floor up. When they told me that, I was, like, floor I was like, a little twinkle no. in my eye would be, was like, that sounds fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. that, that sounds like a movie. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds biblical. That sounds, that sounds exciting to me. 
But Bob, the, the chaos is also like goes with like being in the music business, being in a band, being in production, anything that has to do with showbiz. When it's a time to go, it's like chaos, man. And you know what? You really get addicted to that chaos and you really like it, you know? I mean, if yeah, it wasn't the, for chaos and problems and stuff like that, it wouldn't be that interesting. But it's pretty exciting, you know. But and, you're an addict. See, to normal people, it's not. <laughs> oh, it's not appealing oh, in any point. way. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's like you know, Bob. When 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 it's when there are some people at work that it's just like, oh, this day was the worst. But for me, it's just like, wow, that that day went by really quick because there was something we were jumping from fire to fire, to fire to fire. You know, just trying to. Get people and to normal make sense. people normal people are exhausted by it i uh, noticed yeah. that i noticed that um not many of the addicts that work at oro need mental health days you know what i mean we have like yeah, yeah if you need a mental health day if it's been too intense mental health days is what they're called nowadays so mm -hmm. uh very rarely do addicts ask for mental health days, but all the normal therapist people always need mental health days. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Mental health days. Because it and doesn't... I'm, I'm, so, I'm so loving of the chaos. I don't even know what I would do on a mental health day. Probably cause some more chaos. Like, well, yeah, like of course. How, what would you do on... What's your average mental health day, Chuck? Do you even know? What do the people do on a mental health day? Are they good to themselves? They get a pedicure. Do they uh, sleep late? Do they take a bath? What do they do on a mental uh, health day? That, that's, that's a great question. That's, a, that's something interesting uh, to know. I, I think I think uh, people should send their cards and letters with their answers. If there's any of you out there that have ever taken a mental health yeah, day. Yeah, email or text message us. What is a mental health day? What is the actual activities of it? Are you, are you supposed to relax or you go get a massage or drink a bottle of wine? <laughs> do, you, do you like I, if I did take one, I would probably have a list of things I had to get done that day. Like go to the dry cleaners, get the car washed, do this, do that. And you da, know, da, the da. phone wouldn't stop. The, the operations stop. thread and the clinical thread would just keep going. Yeah. The, the threads do keep going. That's another thing about phones. Uh, we're having phone troubles around here as usual. Like um, Elvis is at war wanting to be a part of the iCloud and I refuse because you know how that works, Chuck. I don't know if you're familiar with the iCloud, but the iCloud stores everything. And then everybody right. has access to iCloud. Say I send a, say Chrissy sends me a wonderful picture of herself. That goes to Sydney and Elvis's phone. So we remove them from the iCloud. You understand? Yeah. Okay. Okay. As, I'm being as I'm being as genteel as I can. Well, I know. I, I figured things, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so no iClouds. So Elvis is trying to download some app, and it won't download because his phone is maxed out on on whatever. He says because you won't let me be on the iCloud, and I said we'll get you an iCloud. And he goes you can't because my phone is on your email. And I said, okay, well, then let's get you an email and you have it on there and then we'll get you a, a job. We'll get you huh? a job. <laughs> no, no, you can't because I forget what. Oh, he'll lose all of his apps that he has. That's why his phone will go away and start over or something like that. But I'm paying for so many apps. I don't even want to know. Like, you know, it's just like it's beyond chaotic around here. So can't you look into getting just him an iCloud? Just himself. That's what I was saying. But then his his apps that are on his phone that are so important, I'm paying for them through my iCloud Apple ID. And if we get it, then we have to we have to disconnect it. It's like, you know, it's like Roblox and fucking this, and he'll lose all that and have to start over. So here's what will happen. This is what Sophia and my kids do is they just figured it out how to go around it somehow. And I don't even know how they figured it out. You need they to ask it without me. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, oh, we got ID on this other thing. And I got, you know, they're, they're all like secretive about their stuff, but they don't do anything bad. I, you know, I try. Right. But anyways, they figure so, it out somehow. So the newest thing is Idris. We have a phone that plays the lullabies, plays, you know, Seager Rose when he's sleeping, when he's going to sleep and all that. So he's now 
finds it and is on it and watching stuff and we're taking away from me loses it and stuff and so now he's trying to get other people's phones and so then elvis isn't allowed to have his phone in the living room sid's not allowed to have a phone in the living room because i just phone crazy it's like he's now realized this thing that everybody has in their hands he has to have one how right? old two <laughs> oh i'm wow. telling you this shit is heroin it is heroin and yeah don't get him started on the phones until uh, two no you take it away from him but then he wants that's all he's focusing on so you got to redirect him take him outside get him going out redirect Wait, him but, that's i thought you that's you <laughs> what tell tell me i'm gonna destroy my life i'm gonna i'm gonna go do it you can't have this phone he's gonna have the phone he is so you no he well oh yeah but but so now what's happened is no one can have their phones even me i i hide it because he's so right now these last four days so focused on where are phones he goes walking around the house where everybody puts their phones <laughs> He's like, look at, <laughs> I have this little box where I have all the remote controls and I was putting in there for a couple of days. He found it in there. He's like, Oh my God, what's this? <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. And then, uh, so the, but the good news is if you lock your phone, he can't get in. So yeah. then you'll see him around the house, just sitting there with somebody's phone, pushing <laughs> but I just wonder like, this is really addictive, this phone stuff. I, I, I challenge anybody, just like, think of this. How many people could just turn their phone in and be done with it and not have a cell phone? How many people you know could do that? I, I couldn't. No, you I know, they, they, I had a client today, because that's the thing. You turn in your phones before you come to group, right? And he, he went around it. He got himself an Obama phone. He turns in the Obama phone and he keeps his phone. And, and I said, you know, the, the rules are in place and we're hoping you'll follow them because I didn't sign up to be a cop. Uh, why didn't you turn it in? And he goes, because when it's in my pocket and it's not ringing, I know everything's OK. If it's if I put it away somewhere else, I don't know what could be going on. I don't on. know. And yeah. that is like, such a that is such a so, uh, that's a sickness in and of itself. Because I'm not that. Important. I don't like pointing fingers like, oh, no, I have I, cell phones. For 10,000 years of, uh, of recorded history, and only the last 35, maybe 30 for everyone, have less, we had cell yeah, phones, less. and now you can't comprehend your life without them. Right. That's fucked up, man. We got to get rid of these cell phones. Say the three guys doing a podcast that people are listening to <laughs> on their cell phones. Recording <laughs> on my cell phone. <laughs> I'm recording on my cell phone. But so, so it's so easy. So then, so then, and yeah, we've gotten that criticism. Oh my God, your son, son's obsessed with phones. And he's not obsessed, but he just, we all have phones. And he now recognizes what a phone is and the power that it has and the magic that's inside it. And so he wants to see it. So, so then that, challenges us to not be on our phone so much so that it's not a bad example for him but that's just kicking the can down the road so a friend of mine said yeah i don't see you know you're a bad parent or whatever and i said when is it right for a child to be on on um devices because i can tell you the la unified school district said it's all right when they're six years old what yeah when we resume schooling chuck Oh. Most children don't have home computers. Most children were sitting on their parents' phone or on a, a Wi-Fi phone doing school five hours a day. If that doesn't damage you, that like, okay, so I always say it's convenient for the powers that be to say, oh, yeah, kids shouldn't have phones until they're 15 or 18 or 12 or whatever, except when we need them to have a phone and be glued to it for five hours so we can get paid, right? That's mm. what the whole Zoom school thing was, so the teachers could get paid. Because I think it did a lot of damage to children. Just sitting in front of an iPad or a phone all day long when we told them they shouldn't do that for fucking years. 
<laughs> on right. Zoom like we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, but it's about children shouldn't be on devices yeah, and I screen know, time it. or whatever. And then we just turn around and said, yeah, except now so that the teachers can get paid. Now you can, the children should be on it all day, all night. It was kind of hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. But how else were you going to deal with COVID? Oh, maybe get, let them go to school because no kids died of it. Oh, maybe that. Yeah. But then the, the teachers, the I told you what happened in great. Arizona. No, what was going on in Arizona right from the beginning? They had the teachers working from home with TV screens in the room and the children were there. Ah. Ah. So that kept the teachers safe. Kept the teachers yeah. safe who were unhealthy. That's why they didn't want to go be around these little monsters. Neither would I. Like, they, yeah, it's like a petri disc. Oh, no, it was pre-vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Well, they kept it after the vaccine too. Zoom school lasted two two semesters. Oh two yeah. Years. Well, why stop? It's convenient. We know that. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but Arizona, Arizona did an interesting thing. They got their schools open as soon as they could, and they had TV screens with the teachers. From their home laptop. Oh, that's good. Teaching the children who were together in class masked up. With little that cameras. Was smart. Yeah, yeah, with little cameras around, like virtual teachers. No, they had student they had student aides walking around the class. They had supervision in the class. Like so younger they just didn't have Yeah, they just didn't have unhealthy teachers who, who were at risk yeah, with COVID. I like that. They should have Yeah, that there. was good. But now, but we shit on Arizona all the time because of these whack job uh you know, gun toters out there. Do you know you can just walk around Arizona with a gun, with a uh, with a rifle? You can just walk around. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, they have open carry there. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, also, a long time ago, remember that sheriff that had that was like the prisons were overcrowded. So he said, "Look, Sheriff we're Joe, we're going to take sheriff them Joe. out in the desert. We're going to put them in tents, and they can live out there. They're fine. And they're underwear, pink yeah. underwear, in pink underwear. Yeah, go out to the yeah. tent." But let me get, uh, let me get this. So they got, you know, Arizona has been a focus because there was, you know, Josh and Eddie played out there last night in Arizona and Mark went out there and then I've been talking to my friend, Josh, who's big mental health advocate there um, about the Kevin Durant trade. And then Tucson where Chrissy went to school, she has friends there and we were thinking of moving there years ago. So Arizona's got a really hard, a soft spot in my heart, and I really love Arizona. But it is crazy that like rednecks can just walk around with fucking rifles. It is really crazy. Well, what's crazy is they don't have any more of a problem. Well, no, what we don't, but we don't allow it. So then I thought, okay, what's good for the goose, good for the gander. What if we allowed Los Angeles to walk around with rifles? L.A. No one would come to L.A. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you go you go down to Staples Center, see the Lakers. There's like ten guys standing around with the fucking big rifles. You think like everybody's gonna go down there to go ice skating? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles is a different animal. And why? And why? I'm 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 tricking you guys into something. I don't know. Racism, <laughs> racism. That's why. Racism. <laughs> Because the, all those fucking idiots in Arizona walking around with rifles are white guys. And the people walking around in downtown L.A. would be black and Hispanic. And you know what I mean? So they don't like Huey Newton was the guy who found on the Oakland charter that you could walk around with an open weapon in Oakland, California. And so the Black Panthers, that's how it started. Huey Newton and... And his partner, Bobby Seale, started walking around with rifles around Oakland. And the police were like, hey, you can't do that. And they said, shit, you better check your city, city charter. We sure can. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so, just so crazy, this, this racism based around, you know, gun, gun uh, uh, registration, gun allowances, that they can just walk around in Arizona with, you know, I'm talking about high-powered rifles. If you saw them standing around outside the the counting booth, you know, in Maricopa County, when they're counting the votes, there's people walking around with fucking rifles on their backs. In America. Yeah. That's crazy. But if but there but hasn't they been allow- any shooting, there hasn't been any shootings at any voting places. What are you talking anything? about? They shot their fucking congresswoman. 
Uh, I didn't know that. Kathy Gifford's, they shot her in the head like eight times. She survived. When was it? Gabby it was, Gifford. It was, it was about five accident. years ago. They were just cleaning ago. it. No, uh, no, no. It was like a mentally <laughs> ill guy that walked up to her at a oh, supermarket. Mental. It was like 10 years ago. Now her husband is a senator from Arizona, Mike uh, Kelly or, or whatever. But was he registered uh, to open carry? Yeah, but he was mentally ill. And, uh, you know, and then they just put it in the mental <laughs> ill pile. They, they, they should just not do that. Mike saying they should not shoot people. They yeah. let the mentally ill people carry the guns on the outside. That's yeah, really but, um, but let me let me run. okay. Chuck and I <laughs> deal with mental health our whole life. Okay, Chuck. Yes. How many people would you say <laughs> are are truly mentally fit in Huntington Beach? Hundred <laughs> percent. Like, would you say fifty percent of the people have mental illness of one shade or another? Personality disorder, bipolar disorder, depression. How what what kind of percentage do you think of the Huntington Beach population is mentally ill? Well, if we went by how many are medicated and how yeah. many drink 50, and use 40, drugs, per, yeah, 40, probably 40%? more. Probably probably upwards of fifty percent because most people. Um, see, Mike, see, Mike, you're thinking like the mental illness in America is like 3%. No, it's like 40%. And the younger they get, the higher the fucking percentage goes. With, with 18 to 24-year-olds, like it's 80% suffer <laughs> debilitating anxiety that affects their ability to work, focus on school, have interpersonal relationships. 80% of Gen Zers report some level of depression or anxiety that is in the category of mental illness. God, you 80%. Gotta wonder. What? You gotta wonder, you know what? I mean, obviously it's got, not obviously, but a part of it's gotta be the state of the world and the way that the adults are acting that is intimidating to the the kids well, it's acting like only schizophrenic, floridly psychotic people are mentally ill. That's those are state. few and far between. Yeah, that's a hardly any, but that's what most people think. Oh, yeah, that guy's mentally ill. Don't give him a gun. No, if, if people with depression, people with bipolar disorder, they should not allow be allowed to own a weapon because you never know what a bipolar person's going to feel or do, right? Yeah. Oh, Chuck's Chuck's uh, backing down now. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, this is why would I pass the test if if we did I would it the not way pass the test? I would. I not, don't. I should not I, be allowed a weapon. I should not. No, I don't think I would either. Because there's some people that are only alive because it's illegal to kill them. <laughs> and, you know, uh, that's unfortunately that's the truth. You know, if it wasn't illegal to kill some people, there's some that world be better off without but the uh so i don't think i would pass that test but i think the screening should be more than just having a diagnosis what is does it only schizo effective people or is it only well I mean, who, my, do, who do you think's doing all these all these mass shootings narcissists i would say narcissism is number one uh mental defect of these mass shooters narcissism and, and sociopathy yeah but i mean that you know i've never heard that they're like got major depression they're on medication i always know that they send this grand you know thing out on the internet the world according to them that's right. narcissistic personality <laughs> disorder i hate it, to tell it, you it is hey if you want a manifesto you might want to talk <laughs> yeah, to somebody about manifestos. that oh, if, you, if, if, if you're writing one talk Imagine to somebody how fucking idiotic these people are and like <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna send out a manifesto of whatever my opinions are like what kind of asshole thing? Well, that? a Unabomber. Mike. <laughs> well, well, when I come to think of it, I should probably send one out. But I'm not going to yeah. kill anybody. But the world should probably know where I stand, don't you think, Chuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I think you'd be doing us a great disservice if you didn't share with everybody. Okay. I'm going to come up with it right now. I think capitalism 
is a great system, very flawed, but it's a great system as long as it's fair. <laughs> I, just, I just saw a thing that was so great. It said, there will only be peace when the bones of the last bureaucrat are dissolved in the blood of the last <laughs> capitalist. <laughs> wow. oh, that's a punk rock thing. That's a craft. I got that I, off a crass poster. Don't you think that uh, addicts that go to prison or, or just addicts that write uh, novels about their life and their you know experience and everything, don't you think that's kind of a manifesto? Well, yeah, but I mean... A little bit. It's like the modern manifesto. Okay, then there's good manifestos. Like, uh, you know, Autobiography of, of Malcolm X is a good manifesto. Yeah. Right. It has suggestions of violence in it. Um, but then these guys that send out these manifestos, by the way, interestingly enough, all of them, almost two a one white males, by the way. Uh, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, have you noticed that? Well, yeah. I think that's part of the privilege is you get <laughs> you, you you have the right to one manifesto and <laughs> it's crazy. So so anyways, what would be, so I, I don't like capitalism. I don't think it's great, but it's better than other systems, right? So I don't know, economically, where do I stand? I guess capitalism wins by default. I like democracy, but um, it seems like it can, now, now we're in this entrenched stalemate we're in a two-party system. So democracies, I would say, work better when it has multiple parties, right? Mm -hmm. England has multiple parties. Germany has multiple parties. Viable, viable right. third yeah, and viable. parties. Yeah, so, but everyone's scared. The Republicans are scared to start a third party because they'll split their party. For now, it will, but give it 20 or 30 years. You're going to have to suck it up, Buttercup. You're going to have to fucking, in order to move forward, you might have to take two steps back, as Bruce Springsteen says, in Tunnel of Love. Ooh, um, yeah. uh, so, and Democrats, like, if they want to have a, a second party that's more conservative or whatever, and AOC wants to run her, you know, more uh, liberal or progressive or whatever you want to call it, it's going to take 20 or 30 years for that to sort out, to shake out, because, because Liberal Republicans are going to have to migrate to the conservative Democrats or de conservative Democrats. Are they the same thing? Would the new party that split off from the Republican Party and the new party that split off from the Democratic Party, would those two be the same party, basically, as a platform? Because if they did, they would be the majority. That would be wonderful. Right? If people, if people weren't, if they didn't entrench themselves in the... Um in the dog the, 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 the two game the two the two team sport why is yeah. everybody so scared it's not going to happen overnight you're not going to win the presidency as a third party but no if people were dedicated to whatever principles that party established i think eventually it would catch on as a third party and yeah. it, it would be viable but it's not gonna it might take you three presidential four presidential five presidential cycles but Unless you do it, you're going to be stuck with this fucking shithole, shit storm that we've got now, which is nothing gets done. Everybody blames the other side, and it just keeps getting worse. I mean, I, the I, politicians I, I do real I, well, though, Bob. The politicians do very well. I can say I care about I care about everybody's rights. I care about trans rights, gay rights. Um, Black Lives Matter, I care about every everybody's rights, everybody being treated fairly, right? But I but and then also there's these kitchen table issues that Democrats just seem to ignore. Eight my gas bill was eight hundred dollars last month. I could only pay half of it. So now if it's another eight hundred this month, which I'm expecting it's going to be, and I owe twelve hundred dollars, I pay six, I'm gonna be six. I'm going to be, you know, because I'm fortunate and I make a good living, I can probably pay it off by summertime or the gas bill will go down to nothing. But, <laughs> but like, nobody cares about that. You know what I mean? I, I can tell you, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but a friend of mine said, well, well, you don't have to pay that. You can just contact the government. Right. Huh? A friend of mine that got a, to, well, you get subsidized if you don't make a certain amount of income. Right. So if you make, 
$60,000, yeah, the, some of the state of California will subsidize your gas bill, but not if you make a hundred, hmm. right? They're not subsidizing your gas bill, Chuck. I promise you that. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. But they wouldn't are think subsidizing. They, they are subsidizing our children's gas bills. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, yes. not, I'm not saying who it was that said that, but <laughs> <laughs> Chuck just got it. Mike's still yep. trailing. My <laughs> <laughs> I'm don't talking care. in code because <laughs> my older son loves this oh, podcast. He listens to everyone. I don't say it was, but I mean it's true. If you're if you're if you're you know just making a way for yourself in life, yeah, your gas bill should be subsidized, but it should also be considered that the gas company is making a shitload of money. I don't. Somebody's making a shitload of money, Chuck. Yeah, oh, it's a hell of Somebody a thing because is making a shitload of money. Okay, so if there's a shortage of natural gas, shouldn't they tell that? us? Shouldn't they tell us ahead of time? Listen, this coming month, it's going to cost two, three times as much as it normally does. So please conserve. That's not the way anybody I knew. It didn't go down like that for anybody I knew. It Here's was all went down in my got. house. Is <laughs> how it went down in my house. Me and Chrissy sit down once a month, usually around the fourth or fifth after I get paid. To pay our bills, right? And they're in her phone and she pays them like, cause I'm too irresponsible. I don't understand, you know, she's better at that. So we sit and I said, okay, tell me what the gas bill is. And I expected it to be like 220 cause I knew it's, it runs about 130, 180. And it's been as high as like 220. And I figured it's been really cold and we've had the heat on the whole time. So what's the, what's the gas bill? And she looks it up and she goes, $837. And I and said, you, not the electric bill. Not the electric <laughs> bill. <laughs> not all our the bills. Gas put together. Bill. <laughs> we in in summer we had a, a eight hundred dollar electric bill. Like this is uh, a big property. It's got a lot. I don't know. And it's probably hard to keep your place warm because it's so low and flat. And you can see right above you, there's no there's no insulation in that ceiling. Mike, yeah. I look right here. There's a, a window that you can open right here. I can see right outside. That can't be good. That can't <laughs> be good when it's 32 degrees outside. <laughs> now, you know when you know when that's not a problem? In April, that's not a problem, Chuck. See it outside, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's good. Whatever. It's old, it looks cool. But yeah, this house is like beyond ridiculous for, for, uh, windows don't fit. You guys should move into the little house for winter. <laughs> I know, it gets hot in there. And then I, I turn it on for them to go in the playroom over there. And then I leave it on for two days and forget. And the whole thing's been heated the, for two days. It's another 40 bucks. So, so anyways, it's just funny that, that my manifesto would talk somewhat about, uh, caring about everybody not just your particular uh, constituency or your particular, you know, well, the great politicians <laughs> did. I mean, I hated Reagan, but he was speaking to a majority of Americans. I just happened to not be one of them, right? <laughs> I was poor, I was struggling, I was radical, I, you know, he wasn't speaking to me, but he was speaking to a lot of the, a lot of the population of America. Right. So was Clinton. I, why the Republicans hate Clinton so much? I've never really gotten it. Why they hated him so much? Because he, to me, was just like a little more liberal Reagan. That's all. Everybody liked him. It's like, whatever. It's right? because it, it's the other guy. It's the other team's guy. No, but that's what it started during Clinton. All the mm -hmm. uh, whatever it was, the Whitewater investigation and all this kind of tomfoolery. They didn't do that to Reagan. They can say, oh, that uh, Iran-Contra was that. They really gave cocaine for money and guns. They really did yeah. that. Like, that was yeah. rad. That was rad. For all of you that, you know, too young to look up Wikipedia, the Iran-Contra affair. It's and then watch rad. Snowfall. Watch it's Snowfall. Pretty, hey? It's pretty <laughs> fucking rad what they did. you got to admit. Mike, yeah. do you know exactly what they did? Mike, I know you were a little high in 1986. You yeah. might not have been aware of what happened. But what they did was they got a bunch of cocaine from the United States government treasury or wherever they store the coke. And they, <laughs> they sold make it. They pharmaceutical coke. You know that. Buddy. Oh, did they make it? They make I th pharmaceutical I coke. 
No, I thought that they had confiscated it, and then they gave it to um, Ollie North, and he that like could sold be, so it. it wasn't. And then they yet. took, yeah, and then they took the money from the sale of the cocaine and bought guns and gave it to the Contras who were fighting the Sandinistas. Correct, Chuck. Is that that sounds correct? about right. That sounds about right, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. And the Contras were like the established uh, authoritarian kind of, that's what they wanted. And Danny Ortega was the Sandinistas, um, were the rebels and the, and the revolutionaries, right? Now, crazy enough, Daniel Ortega is kind of a moderate elected, democratically elected president of Nicaragua. How crazy is that? But we hired, we sold cocaine. The United States government sold cocaine to buy mm. guns to kill him. <laughs> that's yeah. rad. You gotta admit that's rad. <laughs> that, that sounds something like Synanon would do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the Synanon story. <laughs> and you know what? Get the job done, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to me that they had to come up with money. <laughs> do they really need cash to buy? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess the government does better at tracking money than we think. I don't know, but uh, apparently they want to go around some authority, some official capacity to get the money and the guns. And and some, yeah. How is Iran involved in it? I, I I'm kind of. I was high. <laughs> I was high too in the eighties. I did watch Ali North testifying in front of Congress, and he seemed really. He seemed like a combination of John Wayne and Barney Fife. <laughs> i read his biography man did you really yeah it was good so what did he do actually he sold the cocaine and bought the guns and then brought them got them to nicaragua or, or how was iran involved in it he kind of you know in his book yeah. of course he, google he that why is it, it called the iran what is the iran part of the iran contra affair that's a good he, thing to know. He sort of justified it in his book a little bit, but I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Because he was following his commander in chief, Reagan. Exactly. And though Reagan, and I don't even think. He was just doing his job, getting it done. Yeah, getting it done. But I don't think Reagan told him that was what came out in the trial. Like Reagan didn't even know what was going on, I don't think. I think just like Dick Cheney was doing a lot of things and Bush didn't know. I think. He I just think, didn't uh, tell on anybody, man. He's like an old school. Okay, Chuck's going like to tell us school. what the Iran-Contra. Now we got Bob Ford's drunken interpretation, Mike Mart's high on heroin and crack interpretation. What are the real facts here, Chuck? It was between 81 and 86, officials secretly facilitated the sale of arms to Iran, which was the subject of an arms embargo. And then they were supposed to use the proceeds to fund the Contras. Where was the cocaine involved? I think that was a second. Um, I think that was their backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> that was plan B. If this don't work, we'll start a crack epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that really? It was plan B. It wasn't even top of the uh, list. Uh, I would always, if I was trying to make money, I'd always lead with cocaine, not even guns. Like guns because, are kind of limited. See, that was the CIA with the cocaine. I, I I don't know and why they were, they were putting it out on the streets and they were putting it out in bad neighborhoods like uh you know like uh, South Central and they were actually funding you know the gangs and giving them. So wait, the U.S. government had its own embargo to not do weapons deals with Iran, mm -hmm. and then the United States Black Op organization led by Ali North sold weapons to Iran and took the money and gave it to the Contras to kill Danny Ortega and the Sandinistas. Is that the full yes. gist of it? Yes, because the, wow. the Contras were fighting guerrilla warfare against the Sandinista government. Shouldn't we have an oversight of this as a government? Should we not be fighting each other all the time? And shouldn't we be overseeing that as a government? You know why the Contras were so pissed? They said there were there was an election full of irregularities. Does that sound <laughs> does that sound familiar? <laughs> was, was Shit, that the more things change. That was Nicaragua. Holy yeah, God, they were like eh, that. That that, uh, that election was no goddamn good. We're gonna. <laughs> is it because the Contras lost? Is that where the irregularities came from? Uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that uh, funny? 
irregularities they're always the losers are always com uh, complaining which by the way is true i'm sure in russia they're complaining about irregularities that putin wins by 96 percent. i'm sure that's true <laughs> that it's irregular <laughs> yeah i'm just saying it's there we go subsequent so, dealings oh my goodness it's it's so so anyways that was that was much more hideous than any whitewater investigation of Clinton. I don't know why everybody like believes their own silo of information, right? The Fox News silo is Clinton's the worst murderer and blah blah blah, and, right? And mm -hmm. yet they just turn a blind eye, like, hey, wait a minute, we sold weapons to Iran to fund a revolution in Nicaragua. Hey, that's pretty bad. That's Reagan said bad. they were moderate. They were a moderate faction, you know, of like of of these. Because uh, there's a lot of those in the Middle East. <laughs> there's a lot of. <laughs> Anyways, communication is always good, but it's just weird that we've now coming out of that Reagan Clinton era. There's these two offshoots of complete realities, different realities. And if you're a rational person, you're sitting here saying, "Hey, you know what?" What they did, what the Republicans did, and what, what the Reagan administration did, that was pretty fucked up. And hey, you know, what Clinton did, did before he was in office and tried to make some money off this fucking housing project or whatever, that's pretty fucked up. And let's move on as a country. But instead, yeah. they became two completely different universes within the United States, and they're destroying us. It must be hard to always think you're right. Like, I, I know I'm wrong, like, 70% of the time, but I'm just faking it. I'm faking my way to 50-50. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to have to make that a shirt. I'm, I'm trying to make up that. <laughs> I'm faking my way to 50-50. <laughs> I'm right. I'm right. That Actually, I'm probably right three times out of 10, but I'm trying to act like it's five out of 10. That's not that's, bad. When that's you're the first parent, line. When you're the first a parent, line you manifesto. have to do shit like that. <laughs> like the, we, you know, when you get asked a simple question that Sydney's asked me like four or five times, what? Why do I have to go to school? Like initially, I was like, oh, well, you want to meet people and blah blah. But then as the years wore on, I was like, well, you have to, or they're going to find us <laughs> mm -hmm. to train <laughs> right? you to be a worker for the rest of your <laughs> life. So that, but that's that was the second. Phase. So first phase was an idealized Bob version. You have to go. You want to meet people and be a part of and whatever. And she was cool with that like three years ago. Then about a year ago, I was like, well, you got to go because they're going to find us. Right. <laughs> a, a couple of weeks ago, I told her she has to go because I don't want her around the house. All day. <laughs> the simple <laughs> truth is <laughs> they're all true. I don't, true. I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so you, she gets, because you get bored sitting around here. I get bored. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets bored. You got to get out and go somewhere. So that's the place where they say you're supposed to go. I'm not in charge of the world. Just go there. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's it, it used to be so we could learn things because we couldn't just look them up and we didn't have the Internet in our pants everywhere we went. But now everybody's got internet in our pants. How, yeah, how yeah. about this? How about this? I just had a natural curiosity about Iran Contra. You looked it up. We just educated however many thousands of people about Iran Contra. Nobody really knows, but now we got a simple kind of understanding of it. The cocaine was a completely different plan, though, though the media kind of, <laughs> because cocaine is sexy, I always heard that cocaine was in the con Iran Contra mix. But you're saying it was just a backup plan that never was uh, executed. I, I'm saying that according to the person that released that, that's the story. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I, but like you've watched Snowfall. Yeah. You watched Snowfall and that is straight up CIA taking Colombian cocaine. And, confiscating it. Confiscating and, it. And, and selling it and then returning the money back to fund wars right and that happened later than after 86 or something probably right. hmm. um cia contra crack cocaine controversy is a different thing allegations of cocaine trafficking by contras also arose 
So that was while they were conducting the independent counsel investigation into the Iran Contra. That's when that came up because there was a they were they were uh, doing two fronts apparently. So so we know we know for a fact. I know for a fact. I got a lot of Republican friends. We have a lot of Republican friends that listen to this podcast, and I I want to appeal to them. Like, listen, I can hear anything about Clinton or fucking Democrats or whatever. I probably agree with you ninety percent of the time. Um. Let's not cast stones at Republicans like we have been for years because of Trump. And let's and you Republicans, you gotta listen, man. It's all corrupt. It's all fucking awful. And we need a better representation for our children, for this country. We just can't keep doing this. I don't. We can't. We can't keep pointing fingers at each other. We gotta admit our faults. What do we do in AA? We need to put aside our resentments and our fucking goofy information echo chambers that we live in and just start seeing each other as fucked up flawed human beings that both parties make horrible hideous mistakes and let's forgive and let's try to weed out the bad people in both parties and the and the divisive kind of self self-interest motivated you know people and let's have a democratic society for the people of the people by the people like this is ridiculous what's going on this country's not going to make it just through sydney's lifetime if this continues all right good night everybody. good night gentlemen don't die anybody. See you have fun tomorrow night mike yeah okay thanks Bye.